0: Do not be alarmed, you all. I am still social distancing. We're just, um, Tony's helping me part my hair because I figured why not record my podcast and do my hair at the same time? I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I am I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Not right, so how are you all this week? Before we kick things off, I want to show you, or I want you to hear... One of my new favorite quarantine people and also if you're not doing anything i want you to watch this video i want because click on the link to this podcast here wherever you're finding it click on this particular episode and you'll see a link to a youtube video because right now i'm talking right now on youtube so if you want to you know look at me (laughs) then click on the youtube video but first i want you guys to hear hear and or watch my friend Leslie and see what Leslie is doing during this quarantine. Well, shit. What are y'all doing? This is awful. It's still March. How many days in March? When is April gonna fucking get here? What? My... My mother hollering up the steps asking me who I'm talking to. I'm talking to my friends. Mama, quit bothering me. How much more of this can I take? Okay, everybody. We are here with week 379 million of the quarantine. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what week it is. I just know today is Tuesday because that's the day I always present you guys these podcasts. And I honestly don't, I didn't plan out what I was going to say today, but you know, those always turn out to be the best types. Those are always the, the best episodes. By the way, if you aren't doing anything else, kind of like I'm not doing anything else right now, and you want to watch me as I literally sit here and talk into my um, camera then that's perfectly fine. Some people are visual preachers. So for the time being, if you wanna watch this then come on down, honey. The link is on, if you click click the link on this podcast, um, the detailed or the read more portion, you'll see the link, take you directly to YouTube so you can see me. And if I get distracted here, then I'm braiding my hair. I'm probably gonna braid my hair as I'm talking on this podcast. So there's that, I mean, you know. Okay, so we are still in Texas. And the neighborhood that we're in right now, it is, it's like Greenville or it's uptown. It's a, it's a, it's a neighborhood full of yuppies. Um, a lot of people that are younger than me. I haven't seen a lot of our age group, but the thing that's so alarming is nobody has on masks. I mean, and I get so pissed off. Tony and I walked to, and I know I sound like a hypocrite right now, but I really needed a green tea latte, a matcha latte. And so we found this place that was two minutes away, walked over there and we we have on our full regalia. You know, those cute masks that I told you guys about last week. So I wore my mask and nobody had a freaking mask on. It's like, what's wrong with you Texans? Are you guys stupid? Is it like, do you not care? And by the way, Texas, Tennessee, Georgia, and I think Kentucky, I'm not sure. Um, They've all opened or partially opened their retail stores. So aside from Walmart being open and stuff like that, now you got the Home Depot. These people are in lines. Luckily, you have to wear a mask to uh, come into to patronize the store. So that's a good thing. But beyond that, I just don't understand. Look, see, people, if you're out there, yes, the country is slowly opening back up. But I don't want any of, I know I'm crazy with Najah Hall listeners to be on that first wave of people that's going to die because your behind was a test dummy because you wanted to take your butt outside to see if it's safe. Guess what? It's not safe. During this time, I have been able to really hone in and get back to something that I absolutely love to do, which is coaching clients. I have some of the most amazing clients, and I had an experience with one this morning, and I don't think that they would mind me telling you about this because, you know, i And when I coach is such an individual thing, then I do videos and then I do podcasts to share with the masses. But sometimes I wish I could record my coaching sessions because they're so like, damn, I wish I could serve more people at once. So I'm going to tell you guys about it. So I was talking to one of my clients and she is in a high conflict situation where she and the dad are divorced, but the fella is, um, he's not awesome. You know, he gives her a hard time. He gave her a hard time during the relationship He's giving her a hard time now as a co parent, or as you know, I like to call him a counter parent. And so she kind of hired me to help her to heal from some of that narcissistic abuse and to teach her how to deal with this type of person. And y'all know Miss Naja loves to help you to eat up a narcissist, chew that ass, honey. Not literally, don't chew their ass literally, but you know, like to, just to get up all in there, get up all in there with them. And so she doubts herself as a parent sometimes. And I find that the people that doubt themselves as parents or we doubt ourselves with anything, it's always that little inner voice. And I had a very stern mother. You guys met my mom on the first episode of season two. I had a quite stern mother. Remember me telling you all that I don't, the lady that y'all met that y'all talked to, I don't know that woman. That's not who raised me. I was raised by Nancy, the drill sergeant. And so I think what happens with me, especially like I'll, I'll be dealing with any kid, niece, nephew, my stepkids, any kid. And I don't want to implant in them the same traumas that I suffer. And sometimes I think that makes us go out of our way and that makes us bend our boundaries because we're like, oh my God, I don't want to traumatize this kid. I don't want to screw them up. And by the way, if you are watching this video, yes, I know that the blinds are um, like sunbeams are in my face, but I feel like it looks artistic. So I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to... Tony told me to open the blinds and close them, but I'm not going to do that because I like the stripes across my face. So we don't want to re-traumatize our kids. And so we'll let them get away with certain things. And my client was talking to her son today and <clears throat> you know he had just gotten back from a visit with his dad. And as you all know, especially if you're co-parenting or you're counter-parenting or, you're, or your kid has two different households, which most of you that listen to this podcast do, then, you know, sometimes you'll have to reacclimate your child to your house and your rules, or they'll go through like this one day fuzzy period where they're extra clingy or sometimes they're disrespectful, or they're still bringing the habits in from the other household. And, you know, she's like, well, my daughter needs a, I'm sorry, my son needs a day to, to kind of cool off. And I was like, honey, now he's eight years old at this point, kids are going to try to bend the rules, y'all. They know what's okay. They know what's not okay. But just like anybody else, they want to know where the boundaries are. And if you haven't shown them the boundaries, if you have not shown them, this is not okay, this doesn't fly over here, then they're going to keep doing it. So this particular boy, he'll come in and he will I think, in my opinion, he'll, he'll torture, he'll torment the household. He tears up stuff, he writes on the walls, he kicks and screams, he cries. And the first thing that mom said to me, she was like, um, "Well, you know, it just take he, he's coming back from his dad's house." I said, "That doesn't give him an excuse to come and torment and check, tear up your whole damn house." This does not mean he gets to be a jerk to you guys. And what you're doing is you're victimizing him. When you allow your child to act like this, you're you're saying, oh my God, they have two households. And so this, house, this, this behavioral pattern is normal. That ain't normal. I get it. You, your mama lives here and your daddy lives here, but that don't mean you get to, to raise hell everywhere. Okay, so number one, we can't victimize our kids. And so then I noticed like, you know, I got to hear this. And he was like kind of in tantrum mode. And he was like, mama, I hate you. Now, let me tell y'all something. The Nancy that y'all met, I told y'all, I don't know that woman, but the one I, hey, if I had to fix my mouth to say something like that, I'd be talking to you guys gumming right now. I would have no teeth, not one. I would not have one tooth in my head. It would not be there. And so when I heard the kids say that, I was like, no. <laughs> like, are you, like, really? And so I was like, hey, do you mind if I give you Um, you know, just can can I make an observation? I'm sorry, can I I share an observation? She's like, absolutely. I said, well, you know, it's up to us to teach our children what their emotions mean. And there's 27-ish different emotions. Those of you that have taken my course, the the traits of, the three traits of happy people, you know, in the course I teach that there's about 27 different emotions, but everybody wants to be happy all the time. Everybody wants to sell happy. They want to, happy is their goal. And so that keeps us from leaning into our other emotions. Hatred is uh, is something that the son expressed that he was feeling. And I said, why did you allow him to say that? Because I never want to judge a person. I first want to understand their methodology of the, why they're thinking the way they're thinking. And she said, well, I want my baby to be able to express himself. I said, I love and respect that you did that. But let me just let you know something that I, you know, somewhere where I can see you can kind of tweak this. I said you didn't give him a toy that he wanted. You told him he couldn't have his tablet. So he lashed out and said, I hate you. I said, now, when I think of hate, I think of um, someone that murdered my whole family or someone that stole my dog or someone that um, is trying to rob me of my peace. I would, when I think of hate, I think that, you know, that's such a strong emotion. And I said, "You allowing him to express that? You're not teaching him what hate truly is, because there's no way he could hate a loving mother that feeds him, clothes him, comforts him, shows him compassion, has protected him to her wit's end, hired Miss Naja as a coach just so she can learn how to be a more, have a more fulfilled life, and therefore be a better mom." I said, "He doesn't hate you. He just doesn't know what hate means." I said, "So." This is your responsibility to show him that. I said, because in his mind, your person in that moment, you didn't give him something that he wanted. And so he said he hated you. That's not hate. He's just being a dweeb. He's being a little jerk. He's being selfish. He's being controlling. He's being manipulative. But his feelings right now are disappointment and anger and frustration, but that ain't hate. And so what we have to do is not only use our words as adults, but we have to teach our children to use their words as well and show him that he not only, he can't use the word hate against a person that he doesn't, help him to define how he does feel. He can say, mom, I'm very frustrated with you right now. He can say, mom, I really want my toy. And if you are the type of parent where you like to explain to your child why you don't want them to have the toy or if you one of these, because I said, so parents, listen, yeah, I ain't judging, okay? I How have you decided to do it? You do it. Your child's going to end up in therapy anyway. Whether you give them nothing or you give them everything, you know, that's just the way of the world. So just just be okay with that. Oh, my God. Uh, my hair is growing. So just be okay with that, y'all. Yeah, I just caught a glimpse of my hair in the camera, in case you're watching this. And it's gotten really long. You guys see how I just veer off the damn topic? Come on, Najee. Get your life together. Oh, <laughs> so so I mean like I said, it's your responsibility to, to show them what hate is. And she was like, "Wow, Naja, I didn't look at it like that. I didn't see it like that. I't um, I thought I was allowing him to express himself. I said, "That's good. You're teaching him to be expressive, but you don't want to unle- unleash him into the world and somebody doesn't give him something that he wants, and then he th- thinks that he hates this person. He defines hate. Our children define their emotions, like we are their first teachers. From ages zero to seven, your child is just downloading all this information. Everything is downloading. They're like sponges. They're not outputting anything into the world. They don't have anything to put out. They're simply taking in everything, soaking it in. So when they're on their tablets and they sneak across something from YouTube or they overhear an argument between their parents or they uh, see something in the media, everything is being downloaded. This is what's helping our kids develop their psyche their cognition their ability to problem solve their ability to resolve conflict like these are the things that uh, our kids are learning from so you know we're their first teachers and it's a kind of our job to to show them how to do that so you know how parents well parents those of you that are parents um do you remember before you became a parent you're probably watching some helpless hack with their kid. They were looking all tired. They were looking downtrodden and defeated because the kid was running circles around them. And do you remember what you said? Like, when I have children, they're never going to act like that in public. I'm going to mean this. And then now you're in public and I'm looking at you like, child, that thing, look at that wild animal that that person is raising. (laughs) So I had some fun on Facebook the other day. I asked peeps, I asked people on my page, I was like, what's one thing that you said? Or what did you say that you would never do before you had kids that you literally do now? And so a lot of people said, one of the mama said, co sleep. I swore to God that I would never allow a kid to sleep between me and my husband. <laughs> no, I can't get the baby out of the bed. I'd much rather have the baby in the bed than Oh, somebody else. No, y'all. And this is alarming. A lot of people said before they became parents, they said they'd never become parents. They said they didn't, they didn't want kids. Ugh. Oh, and another woman, <laughs> Vicky said she swore she'd never get fat. Chelsea said, I swore that I would not whip my children. Ugh. <laughs> this is a funny one. I swore that when I had kids, I would not make them come and turn off my light. Okay, I I like that. Or bring you the remote or some other stuff that you can get up and do your dying self. And yeah, that's like some childhood trauma coming out right now. Cause like, why would you ask me to stop my video game or whatever it is I'm doing in the other room to come and give you a remote? Get up and get it yourself. I never said that. I never freaking said that. Somebody said, I swore that I would never eat after my kids or pick their noses with my bare hands. Ew. Yeah. Oh, somebody else said, stay fat. (laughs) I'm going to lose all of this baby weight. As soon as this kid comes out, I'm going to lose it. Ty said, I swore I'd never cuss in front of my kids. Shit. <laughs> That's so funny. So what did you all tell yourselves that you would do? Tony, what's something that you said that you wouldn't do that like, before you had kids and then you had them that you do now? Can you think of something? No, I kept my word. Here, hold on. you got to say it in the mic. No, I kept my word. Oh, he's a man of very few words. But y'all saw Tony was talking last week. Have y'all seen the episode on on dating? Like, that was a really good episode, by the way, on how to find love online during the quarantine. Some people have told me that based on the episode, they took my advice and they've gone on some virtual dates. And if you guys get married, um, please do not expect a, a wedding gift from me. Okay? But I do expect a gift from you since I'm the ones that hooked you up, so... I do expect to be uh, compensated or rewarded for that. And I'm just going to rant probably for this entire episode, but you guys feel me, right? So have you seen, there's been an onslaught of people that are asking for money um, to support whatever it is. You know, and there's like this viral thing that's going around. You copy and paste it and you're like, oh my God, if you support me, then send money to my cash app. I feel like that's panhandling. I feel like that's, that's like, you know, like why would you be doing it? Now there's some people that have legitimate needs and I personally have given to them and I would be more than happy to support people like that. But the people that are copying and pasted that one aggravating post that are begging for money for non-viable businesses, hobbies, and menial personal responsibilities are kind of stinking up the arena for people whose ability to actually earn a living has been legitimately affected by COVID-19. If you're asking for money because, oh, you think you're a good mom, girl, bye. Take that child support, get out of here. Or if you're asking for money because you want to write a book, put pen to paper first before you ask for anything. Or if you have this hobby that you want to get off the ground and you want to use people's um, willingness to give in a pandemic, because people's pockets are kind of open right now. Those The people that do have it on their heart, heart's it. If you're using that to pad your own pockets, that's kind of scummy and that's not okay. Now, if your business legitimately, like my sister, for example, you all have met her on the podcast as well. She has a brick and mortar business. She has a studio. She had to refund because she had an event that was happening, supposed to have happened last month. She had to refund over $15,000 in ticket sales, rental space, all this stuff. Now, and that hit her hard, but she still has to pay rent. She still has to pay utilities. Like people like that, that have a business that's happening to support and it's affecting their livelihood, their ability to stay afloat because we don't want to see anybody go under from this. But I also want to see, don't want, I'm not going to be one of these people that supports these scamming people that are trying to come up. So stop the online panhandling because that's exactly what it is. When you're telling somebody to bless your cash app, it ain't your birthday. You don't have uh, a viable business. You're literally just panhandling go stand out in the street or go at least volunteer to do some work Oh, I'm getting myself too worked up. You all know I love to talk about love. It's 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 one of my favorite topics. It's why I exist. It's why this podcast exists. Love is like I, I, I was speaking before. You know we are taught how to love. We're taught how to give love and how to receive love. Probably by the people that raised us or the people that didn't give us love, you know, that stuff sticks with us. And so I was thinking the other day about my, my life, my experiences. And I want to share something with you that I wrote and then I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Oh. So I, it says an unhealed person will torture you for trying to love them because they've been conditioned to believe They are not worthy of love. That was some deep shit. I'm gonna say, let me say that again. An unhealed person will try to torture you for trying to love them because they've been conditioned to believe they're not worthy of love. So when you there's broken people everywhere. Like I, I believe that none of us are really like, oh, these whole perfect beings, but there are some people out here that are truly broken. Maybe they just suffered a heartbreak. Maybe they. Um, grew up in an orphanage maybe they just have this thing that they have not done the personal work to heal from and they look normal on the outside I mean heck they might be successful they might appear to be your knight in shining armor or the queen that you've been praying for the sun is in my eyes oh dear god I just I can't hardly see Tony um and, and Tony also I'll it up a little. and so babe is this I just want to make sure this part isn't too big can I see how big this is y'all Tony is parting my hair for me those of you that um, oh, okay babe that's perfect ah! <laughs> I love it sorry babe sorry I in not interrupt here's a Virgo so I don't know why I'm worrying about a Virgo parting my hair it's probably going to look like a geometry project when he finishes so you know there, like, there's these people and we look at them they look they appear to be the total package which is why we feel okay giving ourselves over to them. And I feel like broken people are so good at opening your heart. They can open your heart. They know what to say because they know what was said to them. They know what broke them. They know how to repeat these patterns. They know how to say these words that are gonna permeate your soul and penetrate your mind and stick with you. They're really good at that. It seems like the broken people are the ones that just, Damn man, like they know they have a script. And so the thing is when you meet them, when you come across one of them, you're gonna probably fall smitten. I mean, you might see them as broken after a little while, but you know, us women, especially if you just started listening to this podcast, then with some fixers. We're like, Oh my god, I see that he's broken. I can fix him, I can totally help him. But, you know, so if you're if that's the case for you, then girl, please don't do that, sis. Like, do not do that. But The thing about it is when we enter into these deep relationships and you start to learn this person is kind of broken, it's almost too late. It's kind of too late. Like you're not going to, so you're already in love with them. So then when the person knows, all right, I got you, I got you right, right where I want you. I'm not going to call it abuse because they might not even see it as abuse, but they, that's when, they start to look at you as stupid. And I see a lot of people with, and my friend Brian, who is an expert on borderline personality disorder, he talks a lot about this. You know, he talks about people with BPD being devoid of value and devoid of love. And so they don't, not only do they not know how to give love, they don't know how to receive it. And they believe that they have no value. They believe they're completely worthless. I They're nothing. As a matter of fact, I bet one of their mottos would probably be, I am nothing. And so just imagine you trying to, give this person love and pour into them. But in their minds, they inherently believe they are nothing. These people are going to torture you because like number one, it's like, what? and I'm just going to talk from the mind of a, of a person that is broken in that way. I already know that I'm not worth anything, but you're over here telling me that I am when everybody that I trusted to raise me in the beginning of my life and every relationship that I've had, had has shown me that I'm not worthy of love. But here you come you must think I'm a fool. You must think I'm stupid. You must think that you—you you must think that I already n- don't know that I'm nothing, but you're telling me that I am. You're trying to take advantage of me. So before you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. That's some crazy shit, right? That's crazy. But that is literally how some people think. So you, just think about it. We've all had relationships where we poured our all into it. And you're just like, why won't you see that I'm trying to love you? Why, like, why don't you get this? And then you know, it kind of blows up in your face because if you're smart, you learn to walk away because you can't really value, you can't give a person more value than they themselves have. If they don't have any self-worth, if they don't think that they're deserving of love and normally they'll show us and they'll tell us in the beginning, we just don't want to listen. They'll let us know, but you know, we think they're joking or we think that we can change their minds and then boom you're in this web and you're caught up in a loveless situation. So that's just something that, you know, I wanted you all to kind of consider. And if you, if you're already married, then you hopefully you're married to a person that understands their value and they understand your value. And it's like this ongoing, like exchange, of just endless gooey love. But if you're still single and out here in them streets, then listen to what a person says about themselves, especially at, the beginning of your relationship. Because at the beginning of your relationship, that first six months, you know, when you think you're all in love, that first six months, you're really just dating one another's representative. And I know, I know, I know you feel like you've been knowing them all your life, or you talk on the phone every day, or if you've never felt anything like this, that's how y'all sound. I know that no, Nausea, I, Naja, I really know them, okay? Like, I, I know, I know this person. You don't know how many times I've heard this BS in some um, post-marital counseling or some blending counseling. Like, you, you all, like, it's, so when somebody tells you, just please listen to me because I'm on the, I'm in the trenches. I'm the ones getting dirty in the trenches with you all trying to help you mend and blend these families. So I know what you say when you're falling in love. And I'm telling you, for about the first six months, you're dating one another's representative. You're not perfect, neither are they. And you've not shown, and you might talk on the phone every day and you've gone through some stuff together, but just consider how much more you have to. This old wise old lady told me, you know, before you fall for a person to decide that gee, this is your, where you're gonna make your home, go through a calendar with them. Go through a calendar. And so that next six months of your relationship is the definition stage. Now we have to define what we mean to one another you're understanding how i define love i am starting to understand what you call commitment what you call friendship you know we're starting to kind of see these things in one another where we go wrong where a lot of us go wrong is by the time we get to the definition stage we're already in love somebody's pregnant somebody's already exchanged bodily fluids somebody's about to you know y'all already about to move in together you met each other's parents But in the back of your mind, you know darn well that the representative is gone, their representative is gone, and they know yours is too, but you are so knee-deep in this relationship that you can't back out. And so then you might commit to a lifelong situation with this person. You're going to bring, you're going to commit some permanent acts. So you're going to get married, you're going to have kids, and then You're going to wake up one day and said, oh my God, who are you? What have I done with myself and my life? And then you brought innocent children into the scenario because you just didn't want to wait and be patient. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So I made this post, another post. And I guess why I'm really only talking about posts. I have some awesome interviews lined up, by the way. You all know, those of you that have been with me, we launched this podcast February 25th. I believe. I think that's when the first episode went up, uh, sometime around the spring of last year. So I didn't even get to celebrate our year birthday. Um, I think the first episode was actually out around Marchish. So yeah, I didn't get to celebrate our year birthday because you know why, you know why. But so it, it kind of passed. But I'm I have some dope interviews that I did schedule, and as you know, because Corona is happening right now. I'm doing these episodes here because I want to kind of talk about what's current. Every every week we're doing them. Now you know when the world opens back up, Miss Naja gonna be busy, and we're gonna go back to our every other Tuesday schedule. But and so I paused all of the interviews that I had booked for the for every other week. But we have some excellent ones. I might leak one or two. I don't know. So that's why I'm kind of going down and and looking at stuff that I posted to talk about the commentary because social commentary is so much fun so I recently asked a whole bunch of dudes because I want to hear from the fellas and those of you I know a lot my audience might be mostly women but you girls I love you so much you get your guys to listen and you or you send him an an episode or you force him to listen with you Tony Tony's Tony's parting my hair by the way guys and it kind of hurts a little bit, like a, just a little sometimes. Not a lot, but a little. He said I had a hump in my head, which makes it hard to, hard to part certain parts. I don't have a hump in my head, though. Do really? Where's a hump? Where's a hump? Yes. <laughs> so I asked a whole bunch of dudes, because I don't feel like we hear from the fellas enough. You guys' insight gets shrouded by women's opinion or, you know, you kind of want to play safe, but I asked guys in a safe space, I I really wanted to know, all right, because women deserve to know these things. Even if you're a married woman, I'm pretty sure that you know some of the stories of the hearts that the man you love broke. You know, he probably left a trail of tears. Mm, I know somebody did. I know somebody. So the post, it was so good because the, the fellas were so honest. Nick said, because I asked, okay, Nick, why didn't you commit? Nick said, I was emotionally unavailable at the time because I thought it was cool. You thought it was cool, Nick. And he said that he was brought up to believe that love was weak. Men that show vulnerability and love was weakness. And I was like, I wonder. Were you brought up to fear vulnerability? You know, like you know, can 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 a lot of guys really say that? Calvin who um, said, I realized that she was dope, but I didn't see her as someone else would have. I knew that I was standing in the way of a man that will love her fully. I was right. <laughs> I went to her wedding and everything. She's still one of my best friends. Wow, I admire that. I admire him so much for saying that because how many men out here. And you fellas, you know, like you'll be, you'll stand in a woman's way just because you don't want to be alone or you're not going to let her go when you know, she's not exactly the one, but you haven't really found the one yet. So you're just going to keep her as your placeholder. But then when you meet the one, you're going to kick her to the curb, and then you're going to break her heart. She's going to call you a dog. She's going to cause problems for you in your next relationship. And oh Lord, honey, don't have a kid with her. You done made this person a single mother and you think you're about to go on and live this great happy life with Cinderella out there? (laughs) Family court, child support, and her lawyer says something different. But then she'll go on to find a beautiful stepdad for your kid and he'll have a new dad and everything will be okay. Wow, Nigel, you just made up a whole scenario. Mm. Another dude said, well, she reminded me too much of an ex that I wasn't even all the way over yet. It could have worked, but I just couldn't go down that road again. Ooh. Ay, ay, ay. he said another uh, and someone else said there was this girl that i loved a lot but the timing was just so weird either we were both entering a relationship or both leaving relationships sometimes it would be weeks apart that happened at least three times with us once i came off tour from australia and went to her show and she made it official <laughs> with the guy she was dating who is her now husband so sounds like she kind of was the one that got away one dude straight up said she just wasn't worth committing to she advertised her body and i bought the sex that she was selling that's all i saw her for and so i had to ask him i'm like dude wait what <laughs> she was a hooker and you that's okay that's i'm not judging hey i'm not judging you know but he was like no no, no that wasn't it he said that she made herself too accessible all over. And he was, and so this is a man's words, y'all. I'm just literally reading. He said, we as men buy into what's in front of us, so to speak. So, if she's twerking and posting half-naked videos, our minds are kind of focused on her body, not really in getting to know her. So, I feel like he said everyone has some sort of buy-in. Honey, I'm so glad Miss Naja got her thought days out of the way on MySpace. Right, Tony? <laughs> Someone else said she sucked at handling conflict, I knew that it would not get better and it would cost me a lot. Mm. Men kind of suck at helping us to resolve the conflict that they create. You don't get to make a woman crazy. You don't get to lie to her and gaslight her. And then when she acts out or when she shows her emotion or shows that she cares, maybe by removing a window from your car or taking a taillight or letting the air out of your tires or putting i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but you know when a woman expresses emotions because man we know y'all don't really deal with our emotions that well you know we start crying and you think it's like a terrible thing you think it's like oh you get all stupid um i don't think that guy was talking about this type of chick it sounds like it was someone that kind of lost her marbles or lost it a little bit and another fella said I could not commit to her because I felt like I had to entertain her all the time and that got exhausting. What that says to me is, this was a woman that he really did like he would have committed, but she didn't have a life of her own or friends of her own. And it's a lot. You got to entertain your kids. You got you got to um, keep yourself up. But when you know that, I don't want to be someone's end all be all because I got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. I can't. I don't want to be like, yeah, I want to be your everything but in the center of your universe but I just want you to have like other stuff to do when I'm busy because I got other stuff to do when you're busy when you're busy <laughs> Greg said her kids were assholes <laughs> that's what he said he said he's, he's here, he didn't like her kids um all right Somewhat ooh, should I read this one Tony should I read this one I gotta look oh my god okay oh okay well uh he's somebody said she was a recovering hole that just didn't recover Ah! someone else said that she was crazy as hell Uh, (laughs) oh this is sad dc said i couldn't commit to her because i really didn't believe the feeling was mutual Mm, dang all right zach says, marriage is a partnership. A commitment can give you 100% of you and I give 100% of me, right? Well, in my experience, I found that a large majority of women feel they are the prize and tend to address the relationship as such. Yes, I'm supposed to win your love. I'm supposed to court you. I'm supposed to surprise you with gifts and show you that you're special. But what about the man? Just because you're giving me your time, that's not enough. I want the same things that I'm giving you. I'm a person with a heart and feelings just like you, and as a man, I should be valued as well. Think about it in today's time, a woman women outnumber men now, if I put that into perspective and add these numbers, how many men have a career are heterosexual, financially stable, faithful, committed, attractive, educated, men of God, and want to be in a monogamous, monogamous relationship? so the odds are not in your favor. Ooh! I'm just as much of a prize as you are. And for those that will read this wrong, trust me, I'm a hundred percent a man and not to be tested. You will always feel safe around me. Okay, so basically he's saying that he pours all into his relationships, but he's met some women that don't want to return that. Wow, Tony, you sound like you got something you need to get off your chest. You got something to say, buddy? No. Oh, okay, okay. He said no. Mm. One dude said she had a racist baby daddy. Oh, yeah. I would have had to. You had to put pause on him. Put those, yeah. Ooh, one fella says, I said I wanted to date a woman that was married. Oh, what? Or who was seriously in love. That way I could avoid accountability. She said that she was cool and she was attracted to me and she would never want to leave her man. She just needed to break the monotony. So she acquiesced. Then I fell in love with her. I mean, so head over heels in love with her and she fell for me too. But then, at the end of the day, she cheated on her man, so how could I ever trust her? (laughs) Oh, God, I hate you guys. So stupid. Like, such a jerk. Oh, someone says, I tried with all my heart, but I came to terms with the fact that I'm gay and I let her find real love. Okay, okay, okay. Woo! There's a community of these. You know... Committing, commitment, commitment takes means that I'm going to. We're going to exchange our hearts, our trust. We're going to be vulnerable to one another, and we're going to do this thing together. And I, I just think like the scummiest people are the ones that is. As, as Bob Marley said at first, and I don't know if I'm going to quote this right, but he said, "There's no bigger coward of a man a one that, as one that opens a woman's heart and has no intention." Of taking care of it like why would you uh, tony said i said it wrong well how do i say it then but do you know the quote can you can you say it for here her. say it um the, something about a coward okay he doesn't know either has no him, right? okay well okay well you don't know either tony well damn okay but you guys get what i'm saying you know why would it's such a selfish thing of people to do and i don't believe that most people are narcissists out here and looking for hearts to break. I do believe that some people are so weak that they don't know how to scale it back and be honest and say, oh my God, I cannot follow through with what I told you I was going to do, so I'm going to go. So you know what they do? They try. They try. They, 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 give, it, they give it a pissant effort. They give it this awful, um, less than mediocre effort. And they fail miserably. But guess what their failure means? That means that you're hurting a person. So just be honest. Damn. Just why, why you gotta lie? You ain't got to lie, Craig. You could tell the truth. I would love... I had this one person that I was seeing. Straight up told me, you know, it was a great thing we had going. But, you know, I think he, he was just in a transition in his life. He was like, hey, so I can't do this right now. I don't... His words were... My brother cheats on his wife. All my friends cheat on their girlfriends. And he was like, I just cannot do that to you. What this person was saying saying to me is, Naj, I'm about to cheat on you, but I respect you too much to do that to you. So we got to cut this right now. I respected, like that was, I really respected this person for doing it. To this day, I I, I was like, you know, because that that only happened one time before. And other times I found out that people were lying and cheating. But, you know, I had somebody to be like, listen... I, I don't, I can't have this with you. Um, I don't know. Tony, don't, you think that's an admirable thing that that fella did? Or do you think there was some, some other BS reason and I just fell for the okie doke? Well, Tony said I fell for the okie doke. Really? I, he never tried to get back with me, though. What do you mean, of course? And he never, like, you still see he's not married man. to this day. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm like, well, you not know crazy. I'm not to trade am not, not <laughs> <call>. <laughs> Tony, babe. Hey, okay, why did that dude tell me that? Cause I was like, wow, bro. And he never tried to come back. He never, like, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I he never tried that. Okay, you know, you're being a, you're being a hater. You're a hating husband. You're a hating ass husband. That's what you are. God. So you won't tell me the secrets. I'm your wife. You're supposed to tell me. So now I can tell these people here can you tell me I forgot. he said he forgot all right guess what i'm gonna forget tonight (laughs) guess what i'm gonna forget tonight i cannot believe i'm gonna post this video on the internet you know normally i would just have to have my makeup on and my face on and look at my little braids but my hair is growing like a mofo wow she's like really growing but so i think i'm gonna wrap it up because um tony's almost done parting my hair i think this is a good place to stop stop um Go back and look at the pictures. I'm going to post some pictures of my braids when I'm done. I'm pretty sure I am. So I want you to go on. You all go and look and tell me how you like them. So I will see you next Tuesday, same time, same place. I'll be bringing interesting topics, interesting videos. I want you to call into me, write into me if you have something that you want to say. Remember, you can email me at podcast at Najah Hall. Maybe I'll call you up while I'm recording and you can ask a question real quick. I'll see you all next Tuesday. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know, I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. With naja Hall.